come to fire flame salt podcast. Hey, I made up my name. Firefly. Today we're reading book fourteen, chapter one. So I think this perspective is Luna, because we haven't done her at all. So, let's get on with it. We know you want to hear the book 14. And if you're still listening to the podcast and you're on book one, get ready for a ton of spoilers. And also, get ready for a ton of spoilers on the third book arc. Because that's, this is the third book arc. First is the first prophecy, second prophecy, third prophecy. I wonder if there's going to be a point on Hopefully there is. Luna wanted to change the world. She knew what it would be like. She knew it would be more. It could be more. More just is and more just. It could. She knew it could be more just and more beautiful and more safe and more kind. A world where dragons loved whoever they wanted. Did to love. Wherever they, for they created art and took care of one another, and where everyone was happy, instead of hurtful. Surely everyone would want that world, but couldn't it, it exist already? Wait, what is doing? how she wanted to change the world. She was the world was more like a weaving. Where she could tear up the bits that were knotted wrong. Knotted wrong. Or colors twisted in the wrong place. Then reweave it back all again. It all again. Better mended and perfect. She knew how to fix a messed up tapestry, though she she had no idea where to start fixing a broken world. The problem was there were so many things wrong, and they all needed fixing. And the other problem was that there were so many things wrong. They all need fixing. And the other problem was how many dragons didn't seem to see that. A lot of dragons thought everything was fine. 
Even some of you, Luna's very favorite, most loved dragons, didn't seem to care about all the wrong, bad things. This had been baffling all her life. She had stared, started noticing a problem from with her world. From the first moment her mothers had walked her through Sakita High. And even more clearly during the earliest days of school at Silkworm Hall. How could anyone miss them? For instance, it was wrong that the high winds had cut down the trees. And it was very, very, very wrong that the high winds had wiped out all the leaf roots. It was just wrong that a silkworm couldn't choose her own life partner. Her job or where she lived. It was awful that Luna's father had been taken away before she even hatched. And it was unfair that Queen Wasp got to decide everything about that happened to do to the salt queens. And they couldn't say anything about it. A lot of dragons might argue that those things were fine because Queen Wasp was the dragon in charge and she sh she said so. And also something, and also some, something, something were, and something, something danger. So, so that was how the world had to be. But if you accepted all of that, which Luna didn't, it was still obviously wrong, all wrong. The hivelings couldn't treat silkwings like tiny bugs under their talons. The silkwings are dragons too, just like them. Silkwings don't deserve to be stepped on, sneered at, poked with, without permission, punished for no reason, or ignored. It made no sense. Why would, why would different wings shape or a slightly different scale color or intended make one dragon superior? And another dragon worth nothing. That seems a lot like racist. Like racist racism in in like here, like black and white people. Like like a long time ago they couldn't live together. <coughs> they were segregated. <coughs> you fix that? How could one dragon, even a dragon who cared very, very much, to make a whole tribe change how they thought and behave? How could she get into the heads of all those sneering hivelings and shake their brains around until they stopped being awful? She wanted them to see better, a better world she could picture. She wanted to stuff it in their eyeballs until everyone's hungering went, yes when yes that world is way better than this one let's do let's be like that instead luna wished she had magic magic would be so useful for problems like this even if it was a magic like clear sights seeing the future well she'd find it will make it useful but proper magic like spells and enchantment 
Like the old fashioned, like in the old fashioned fairy tales. So she really needed, she wanted something to go poof. And now you are all fair and kind and incapable of cruelty or injustice. That's what she needed, but apparently it didn't exist. Or if it had existed once in the distant kingdoms, now it didn't work anymore. She traced her claw through the sand of the sun. The sun like this like the sun was rising behind him, casting golden ripples across the ocean. Trails overflames. On the other side of that ocean was Pantala, her home, her mother's, her tribe. Blue and snow to sword tail. They were all in trouble, and it was all a mess. She didn't know where to begin <sighs> untangling it. Before her metamorphosis, Luna had dreamed of flying. She dreamed of scattering the clouds with her new pale green wings. And she imagined sunshine pouring through her scales so higher she flew. She planned to weave tapestries with her wood. Secret chrysalis matches in her. She imagines herself and sword tail at clandestine chrysalis meetings, whispering with the other silkworms about climate change suits. But as it turned out, she simply she couldn't simply be Luna, an, an ordinary sapling changing the world alongside other silkworms. She had to be. Luna the Flame Silk, who spun fire out of her wrist. Flame Silk's rarest of all silk wings. Chosen to save everyone somehow. The Queen Wasp of Fame Silk was a valuable tool to be locked up and controlled. To the Chrysalis and the Weak Things, Flame Silk was a power. A weapon they could use to fight back. Luna didn't particularly like the thinking of herself as a tool or a weapon, or a weapon. She, plan she planned on changing the world in a silkworm way, not setting uh, setting your enemies on freaking fireway. It just says setting your enemies on fireway. Setting your, uh, your enemies on fire sounded fun, but it was actually extremely scary. Once you had a real dragon in front of you who would really burn if you wanted them to. Not to mention the first try he, she tried. The flame silk got caught in a hurricane and that blew her to a whole other continent. So that wasn't the most auspicious start for the great for the great and glorious silkling savior loot. But she had to use his power now that yeah, and she, she'd been chosen by the universe to be a dragon who could throw flaming lassos. She couldn't exactly be like, um, <sighs> she couldn't exactly be like, oh, no, thank you. Someone get Queen Wasp on fire instead of me, please. 
That was fine. She just had to rethink her plans to change the world now. Now, now that she was a little bit scarier. Than she used to be. Now she had a destiny and maybe had to save the world all by herself with fire. But I'm not alone, even though I feel that way with, without blue and sword tail. Today she was running to, turning to power. Power with knowing everything. A human, and a human, none of the other dragons, a human, and a mission. One of those dragons went galloping past, charging into the water and plunging its head below the surface. His human stopped near the edge of the waves, crossed her arms, and sighed. Do you see one? Raymond called from the air, swooping overhead. No, of course she did. He didn't. The sky's head shot out of the water again, and he shook himself vigorously. Izzy <sighs> then stood with his snout tilted, as though he was waiting for the water to drain out of his ears. False alarm, not a dolphin, he called to the railing, just a confused jellyfish. Pineapple, the rain ring. She was good at remembering the faces because they were kind of like tapestries on dragon, on dragon stones. But usually she had trouble with names, though. She was determined to memorize all the names of the dragon. pineapple would pick one color and stay that color because of her trick of picturing him in a tapestry picturing him in a tapestry holding a pineapple didn't work if he kept looking completely different all the time now that no no that I'm complaining having all these dragons to figure is much better than sitting on this beach myself and staring awfully at an ocean that's entirely too big. Are you still here? A voice demanded behind her. Luna smiled over her shoulder at Jerboa. We're leaving as soon as the ice wing arrives. Soon, this beach will be so quiet. You'll miss us so much. That sounds great, Jerboak. Rumbled. Climbing to sit beside Luna and scattering sand everywhere. I haven't talked to this many dragons in literally centuries, and now I remember why. Jerboak moved in an odd way, which at first Luna had thought was how all two lame dragons walked. <laughs> But now that she'd met a bunch more, she was pretty sure that there was something different about Jerboa. As though she was secretly in pain, or her bones didn't fit together quite right. I, um, I made you something, Luna said tentatively. 
and hands Jimbo the leaf wrapped packet beside him. The sandwing furled her brow at it as though every present she, she'd given she'd ever give, given had bitten her. Just, just, just a little thing. It's terrible, Luna said. Lewis, you don't have a room here, so I couldn't leave you at the tent. She was imagining in my head, and then I thought maybe it could create kind of hard. It was my fire, so I've been trying to collect pictures with my flint, with bits of flame smoke. And it's harder than you think, so this is the best I was able to do so far. But it's still pretty awful, and you don't have to keep it if you don't want to. I just wanted to give you something to say thank you. Thank you for... Thank you for... Thank you for what? For helping me get better and putting... Joe will ask. For helping me get better and putting up with all of us in your space. You didn't have to come find me when it crashed here, Luna said. I know you could have stayed in the, your hut and kept all out of all this. Jeroboa didn't say very much about herself on the of, of her past, but she had clearly lived alone for a long time, and Luna got the sense that the sandling bolt really wanted to connect with someone and also got very overwhelmed. Overwhelmed very quickly by normal dragon interactions. <laughs> that was a guess, Jabot. was not in the busy business of discussing her feelings or making his questions. But mostly she looked either bored or mildly annoyed. Luna was familiar with the no feelings here face. I'm not causing any problems, so everything is totally fine. Fine. Facebook still has the same general face. Luna was familiar with it, no feelings here, face. Her own was more of a, see, I'm smiling, I'm not causing any problems. Everything is totally fine, face. But it was still in the same genre of face. Can faces be in genre? I have no idea. It's no problem, the soundling said brusquely. I figured I might as well do something useful. Jobella peeled the leaves off her belt again, revealing a soft white curve of driftwood underneath. Luna had burned the shape of two little dragons each sitting on their own continent in the deeps of the ocean. One had four wings and the other had two. They were looking towards each other and away from where they were supposed to be. The one with the four wings looked like she was about to fall backward. And the one with the other face, the other one's face had come out all wrong and she looked like she was sneezing. Never mind, one was said. to grab it. Never mind, Luna said, trying to grab it out of Jerbo's hand.
It's an awful, weird-looking heart fail. Sorry. Stop that, Jibo said, batting Harry away. This is my weird-looking art fail. Get your claws off it. <laughs> when the world is all fixed, I'll make you a tapestry. Luna said, it will be much better than this, I promise. Jibo squinted at the dark clouds that were huddled like suspicious high-wing guards. <laughs> on the far horizon when the world is all fixed don't get your hopes up every time you think you've fixed something else also always goes wrong that's the spirit can't believe the other sandwing said popping up behind hey I have an idea let's stop fixing things and maybe nothing else will go wrong Jerboa frowns at him. Uh-oh, Kibley said to Luna, I think I'm about to be called a preposterous whippersnapper. Keep your continent, continent one day. Tell your continent they can keep this one, Jerboa said, looking at her tail at Kibley. Kibley grinned at her, then turned to Luna. Tsunami wants to show something, you something important, if you have a minute. He pointed up to the beach. <coughs> Where the blue sea room was sitting with Cricket. Oh, sure, thanks. Luna said. Cricket's tail always gave a lot for the circle when he saw Cricket. From a distance, even though her brand new, this hiving was safe and had helped him. But her body still had an instinctive <coughs> Eep! Run! Hide! Set it on fire! Reaction to the black, yellow and black dragon's face. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. There was a difference between knowing she should trust this dragon and feeling like she did. But she knew Blue touched her. But she'd only seen Cricket and Blue t together for, the mo for a moment before Luna was blown out to sea. And to be honest, Blue wasn't the most reliable truster of dragons. <laughs> he would probably trust a giant hissing scorpion wielding knives if it said. Something sympathetic. Also, there is a small part of Luna who was really angry. The balloon sorted, sword tail had fallen into Wasp's mind control questions, but Cricket hadn't. After all, why should this blissfully Loki hiveling get to escape yet again, but the dragon's Luna love didn't? It wasn't fair. She couldn't say that out loud, but it really wasn't. Luna Tsunami said, beckoning her closer as she approached. I think I'm going to share another Pyrian secret with you. Because I think it will help, and it's important. And you know what? It's my thing. Well, the Jeep Mount went to the Academy's thing. Well, I think... I don't, so I don't need an important permission. Said, so there. Um, Luna said, okay. And then we shall hold out a starship sapphire. This is Dreamcast. One of those animus touched objects that you heard about. Luna's heart sped up. Magic, what does it do? She blurted. 
Please say it'll change. Say by trying. She glanced sideways at Cricket, who was unusually silent. Normally the high wings. Would have been the first to learn asking questions, but she's staring at the claws half buried in the sand. She looked as though someone had set all her favorite books on fire. We already let Cricket use it. Why? She wouldn't talk musically. Me and Miss Lee. Why her first and not me? What? She's one of the bad guys. I know, don't let anyone see you think that. I'm smiling. I'm not causing problems, but everything's fine. So now he went on. A dream literature lets you stop. Step into the dreams of a sleeping dragon. No matter where they are. So it's, as long as it's someone you've seen before. I figured it's probably... Don't like her in Pantala. And maybe there's someone you want to check on? <laughs> she carefully placed the sapphire in Luna's tongue. Luna's mind was spinning. Could she actually see one again? Right now, it wasn't tribe-saving magic, but still amazing. Who could she pick? Sword tail or blue? Blue or sword tail? And then she realized, did you pose it blue? So how do I use it? So I try. He couldn't really hear me. He was having a nightmare. That was, that was her little brother. She should be warm about the nightmare. The room full of silk lamps, plants growing out of the walls, strangling them. It can't be real, can it? seeing something he actually saw. Tsunami said, spread her wings. You can't be... Can it? She appeared to... Appealed to Tsunami. I mean, I was seeing something he actually saw. Tsunami spread her wings. I don't know. We have dreams about real things and not real things, both mixed together at the same time. Cricket sighed, took off her glasses, and rubbed her eyes. I'll visit Swordtail Luna, said. What do I have to do? Hold it up to your forehead, Tsunami said. Close your eyes and concentrate on him. If it doesn't work, he might not be asleep now, right now. Or he's having a nightmare. Or blue, you might see him, but he might not hear you. If he's having a normal dream, you might be able to communicate with him. Luna's clothes were trembling as she passed the dream visitor to her forehead. But that, that. As she pressed the dream, it wasn't magic that could make all high flings disappear, but it wouldn't have been nice. Sure, tell she whispered, closing her eyes. She pictured her his unexpectedly sweet face. Other dragons saw his mischief, his loud jokes, and agreements with guards or teachers. He might notice that he's so strong and big. He's too. But hardly anyone seemed to see the truth. Tortell under it all. 
There's noisy silliness. It rolls like the red leaf. The secret chrysalis. Symbol hidden. Metamorphosis. Tapestries. You had to look for it. You, you had to note know to care about it. <laughs> so, Sword Tail understood all the things Luna saw were, that were wrong. He understood immediately when she pointed them out. He was the absolute dread and going vaguely, going from vaguely interested to completely outraged in, in the span of a conversation. Swordtail looks back into her eyes. A single light. Her, and his whole face lit up. Three moons. She was really somewhere. Somewhere that wasn't a sunrise-lit beach in the distant kingdom. Somewhere dark, although it had a single bright light shone over Swordtail's head. He was standing up on a pedestal, his wings spread behind him. His front talons were stretched. Swordtail, he cried. He didn't. He didn't respond. This is close twitch like he wanted to reach for him, but they didn't move. But he didn't move. Oh, she knew where she was now. Misbehavior's way, the or, or the place where the troublemakers like Swordtail were sent to be punished whenever they disobeyed Hive rules. So they walked. She walked up to the base of the pedestal and touched the letters and touched the letters carved into the stone. They looked like real words until she read to read them. Then they went wobbly and slipped away from her. Like in a dream, Swordtail. This isn't real. You're not on misbehavior's way. This isn't what it looks like. She turned to her telegram. There are no other telescopes. The stone path just rolled away into darkness. And the darkness hung like it was full of bees. The light over Swordtail's head was wrong, too. It was too bright, and she couldn't see a fixture or a ceiling. She just saw light blazing down on him. Swordtail, get down from there right now. I don't know why you're dreaming about this. This is where I'm supposed to be, he said suddenly, sounding resigned and res res reasonable. I'm always here, remember? You come and sit with me. You should weave a hammock and lie here because I'll be literally be here more and more as we get older. Luna felt like she was about to cry three times. He'd been punished like this for. She'd found a way to go sit with him for as long as she could. The mystery here way the, the prisoners were temporarily powerless with the hive wing nerve toxin. So they couldn't move or speak, but they could still hear and see. So she'd read to him or sing or tell him about the day he missed. You're not going to end up here, Swordtail. I'm just jumping free. No, no, he said. I'm coming to rescue you. I'm helpful. 
but they didn't already used it. It's John Tech. This is a dream, but I'm real. You can get off the pedestal, get off it right now, and hug me. Tell for a moment. I like that idea much better than standing here. He furrowed his brow, concentrating. Moving is tricky, though. Not sure if any, if anybody know, anyone, everyone knows that. Hey, who's the boss of me? Are these my muscles or what? Don't I tell them what to do? Look at them arguing back, not listening to me. Hey, do what I say, stupid talents. He glared at his claws, but they stay frozen in place. All right, hang on, I'll fix this. I am the boss of me. Nobody tells what my my talents are today. Let's not, I'll not look at me for a minute while I yell at myself. Luna, how about you that said, wait, what do you mean you're real? I'm in the district of using magic to talk to him. Yet Luna spread her wings and flew up to him. The pedestal was also higher than the real ones of Mr. Behavior. But this was just a dream, so she did not feel guilty about shoving him, shoving him off. Yar, he yelled, flapping around to break his fall. Hey, my wings can move. Check me out. Guess those ants for brains didn't stab me the right way this time. Third tail. And he took one of his talons and shoved, tugged, tugged him down to the ground. He settled his wings behind him and, and looked down their intertwined claws. A thread of silvery gray silk spun out of his his wrist and wrapped around hers. Now she was crying. She wondered if she was crying in the real world too. Sitting on the beach, a tsunami. She heard a thread of harmless things that shimmered gold roots and spin out and wrap around his talons, twining with his own silk. Listen, I'm in the distant kingdoms. I'm coming, but I'm coming for you. I'm coming with Sundew and Cricket and other dreams when I see We're going to save you. Okay? You know where you are? I mean, really, in real life. You're not in this dream. Cicada hive, blinking. He said blinking. Guarding silk wings until wasp has enough of her plant to infect them. He tried to laugh. Very boring job, actually. It's a, like guarding a flower shop to make sure orchids don't make a run for something. I can see where the hive works. So excited to give when I give them t something to ch chase. Wasps into you to your own life, so the same thing you're guarding. Yeah, everyone, yeah. Yeah, everyone I know. It's an awkward, she said with an awkward tone. Your moms are here. They're all right. What about Blue? Here too. He said, I'm all practice. But me. It's like he's going into a blue cocoon somewhere inside of himself. I wish I could do that. I mean, I want to fight something, but I can't. I can't do anything except the stupid traitor talents. He looked at the intertwined claws and took a deep breath. She recaptured Io. She's here too. She's here too. She can't even look at me. And it's not you. 
use it. I'm gonna say fiercely. Whatever Queen Wasp is making you do, it's not you, so tell. Don't forget that. You're still in there, and you're going to get away from that. From you, from her, I promise you. I'm not sure. I were really talking to you. Those dreams always ended. And you being dragged, dragged away in chains made of lightning. You really are talking to me, you Wormix. Luna said, shaking his talons. Wrapped around her wings. She wrapped her wings around him and pulled her closer. With a sigh, she, he rested his head on his shoulder. So, sword out. There's a dragon on this continent who's like clear sight. She told us this prophecy about Palatin and Tal in a buried secret. So we're coming to look for Anubis that we think is connected to the mind control. But we're going to fly t into the abyss, find a big obnoxious plant with a grudge, and then Sunday's going to kill it a lot until it's really, 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 really dead. And then the mind control won't work anymore, and then you'll be free. All right, isn't that a great plan? I I feel like I missed something. Me too. It's very confusing, Luna said, but it's going to work. We're leaving, leaving the distant kingdoms today, so pay attention. A few days, only a few days, or you're gonna be like, oh well, they did it. The, you'll be like, oh well, they pay attention. So pay attention, and in a few days. You'll be like, oh wow, they did it. The mind control doesn't work well enough. Let's go stab Queen Wasp in the face and then find Luna and hug her forever. <laughs> he laughed, shaking his head to clear the tears from his eyes. You do sound like the real Luna. Where will I find you after you save, the, the, save us? The mosaic garden, Luna said, off the top of her head. The hell where I finally compressed your desperate. Where you finally compressed your desperate love for me and where you said you couldn't live without me i believe my exact words were hey luna want to be my girlfriend she said with a grin yes and you're lo very lucky i can translate sword tail she retorted yes and uh let's see i i believe your romantic response was sword tail did you see all these spots of honey are they all such? And then I was like, Luna, pay attention to me. I'm trying to make us an official couple. And you were like, all right, obviously that's fine. Now get us more honey drops. And don't sit on them this time. You were happy of uh, switching any candy you got your talents on. Or, she pointed out, or your butt on more accurately. I don't sit on candle. I don't sit on candy on purpose. He objected. I certainly hope not. She said, "That would be weird." So tell. She nudged his net with hers. But it's all right. I love you anyway. I love you too. She he squeezed her talons. I think I'm about to wake up. Oh no. She said, "Dreams banner already." Wait. I don't have a choice. She wants to swim something. I'll be. She wants for something, Luna. I'll be back if you come. You could come quickly, Luna. Oh, that would be better. I will. I promise. Tell Blue we'll be soon. 
she said with more soulful spinning on her wheel, wrapping around his wrist, trying to keep him with her. His hold on still a coming hold. But then, but he was gone. Luna was back on the beach early morning. Sunshine. Sunshine clouds painted overhead. Tears were rolling down her sound, and its hand held a cold sapphire and fingers. Her talons held a cold sapphire instead of her talons claws. And then we're gonna do chapter two tomorrow. Not today. Because my mouth hurts. And I really need to blow my nose. So, holy crap, this thing took 40 minutes? Well, it is some really freaking long chapters. So, bye.